What's driving the conversation in California today? Every weekday at this time, we explore a topic that's making news in our state. This is the State of California. Good afternoon. I'm Doug Sovereign, KCBS political reporter and host of the State of California, along with Patty Rising and Brett Burkhart. President Biden, Vice President Kamala Harris, and Chinese President Xi Jinping have arrived in San Francisco this afternoon for this week's APEC meetings, a high-profile and high-stakes turn in the global spotlight. The international summit isn't just a chance to strengthen ties and make economic deals. It could also help Biden and Harris reinvigorate their run for re-election. Yeah, we'll see about that, Brett and Patty, with polls showing the Biden-Harris team really lagging in key battleground states while former President Donald Trump obliterates his primary opposition, he's running even with the president nationally. This is a golden opportunity for Biden to showcase his international leadership. He's got the showcase meeting tomorrow with Xi Jinping. He's got a huge trade deal he was hoping to unveil. Looks like that's not going to happen. He's going to get a lot of national TV airtime and press coverage. It is a real chance to, you know, project strength and leadership on the world stage, reassure allies that all is well in Washington, draw those uh, Asian allies closer to the U.S. Unfortunately, things are not all well. Uh, That trade deal is unraveling. Congress, uh, as it turns out, no longer on the verge of shutting down the federal government because that continuing resolution easily passed the House today. It's on to the Senate. So at least that one will be averted, it looks like. Uh, President Biden is being challenged hard from the left on the Israel-Hamas war. And if there are headline-grabbing protests against the administration all week in San Francisco, it could really detract from the political gains that the Biden team was hoping to make this week, Patty and Brett. I think I missed that. So the trade deal unraveled. What happened to the trade deal? Well, it hasn't totally unraveled yet. But, you know, this trade deal that they're working on, uh, it's called the uh, IPEF, I-P-E-F. It's the Indo-Pacific Economic Framework for Prosperity. That rolls right off the tongue. Uh, It's something they've been working on for a while, and they really wanted to get done at APEC. It was going to be the big, you know, sort of centerpiece announcement for the Biden administration. Because, you know, more and more, China is saying, look, we are the true leader of of the world, not the United States anymore. And some of these um, APEC nations are drawing closer economically to China. And the U.S. wanted to sort of use this to, to say, no, 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 no. Uh, we, we got a whole comprehensive plan on many fronts uh, for trade. And um, it's not just trade. There's four pieces to it. There's clean energy. Um, there's fighting corruption and tax evasion. There's a supply chain issue. And then there's the trade pillar. And the trade piece is the part that's falling apart that they wanted to announce this week. And it looks like they won't. Um, and the idea was to you know, draw everyone back closer to the U.S. So I think there's going to be some frustration from some of these nations that were expecting to get this deal done. But what's happened is there, there's a piece in there about you know, labor standards, and there is pressure uh, really from uh, Democrats in the Midwest like Sherrod Brown in Ohio um, who are worried about the impact on their reelection chances in 2024 uh, that they could, it could at least the argument could be made that they might lose jobs to Asian countries. So the White House is backing off a bit on that, more from domestic pressure. And I think that is, may end up uh, scuttling their trade pillar at the conference this week. How great is the risk that China comes away from this thing with a burnished image while the U.S. is seen as more and more dysfunctional? There is that risk. Uh, now, you know, the fact that they, that they are going to keep the government open, it appears, as the House passed this easily today, we assume the Senate will, too, as all the Democrats are, are, seem to be behind it. Um, you know, if, if the government was shut down, there were all kinds of protests, everything kind of falls apart, you don't have a trade deal. I mean, it would be easy for China to say, look, you know, what is going on in the U.S.? Come closer to us. The fact that they're going to keep the government open, that they cut this deal with the new Speaker of the House, that, that's going to help Biden, I think, here. Um, it's at least will take away something that could have been a distraction and a negative. Uh, but there is the risk. Yeah, if the U.S. can't get this done, if it can't show the kind of leadership um, that 
some of these Asian economic trading partners are looking for, they might draw closer to China, and we'll see how it goes. I mean, that takes us to the next question, and that is voters, as you know, Doug, don't typically pay that much attention to foreign policy, but... Could the results of this week have a significant impact on the presidential race, or do you think uh, the, the election is just way too far off for people to remember? Well, I would guess that you know most people in the country are not paying that much attention to APEC. We obviously are here because it's here in the Bay Area. It's getting a lot of attention. Um, but I think, you know, you're right. Generally, nationally, people don't pay that much attention to foreign policy, except when things go wrong. When things are going well, they don't pay that much attention. When things go wrong, they look for blame. And anything that goes wrong for Biden, of course, is going to be amplified by the conservative Republican media machine that's going to say, aha, look what he did here. I mean, just think, you know, Benghazi, Afghanistan, any of the things you can think about over the last few years that have been brought up to criticize Democratic candidates. So, if things go badly here, uh, that could hurt Biden. I think if things go smoothly, even if they don't get this big trade deal done, um, you know, it probably won't have that much impact. It is an opportunity for him as a guy who doesn't often project a lot of energy. People think he's old. Overwhelmingly, voters think he's too old. Uh, if he if he projects a strong image, you know, the fact is people respond to strength. A lot of the voters who like Donald Trump say he's strong. That's what they like about him. So. This is an opportunity when, when there would be more attention on foreign policy for Joe Biden to come off well. So it could have a positive impact. I do think that unless something goes drastically wrong this week, this election is going to still be about the economy. It's going to be a referendum on how Biden has done and ultimately may again turn once again into a referendum on Donald Trump, too. Let's talk a little bit about Governor Newsom. He's playing a big role as leader of the host state. He was out at the tarmac at SFO a couple hours ago greeting dignitaries. What does he stand to gain during APEC? Yeah, look at him just back from China. He's building on that. He loves this stuff. I mean, he's going to every shot he can get of, of him looking, you know, presidential, so to speak, welcoming the president, welcoming China's president, welcoming all these different world leaders. Uh, you, you can bet you'll see some of that in ads down the road if he ever does run for president, even though he says he's not going to. And he's able to say, well, when I was in China and well, I've met with, you know, that kind of foreign policy experience, which the knock on governors typically when they run for president is they don't have any foreign policy experience. The governor of California can say, look at all the things I've done uh, if he ever does really run, you know, in 28 or beyond. Um, So that helps him. However, domestically, as we've seen in the polling the last couple of weeks, Californians are not crazy about Governor Newsom gallivanting around the country and going off to China and burnishing his national and international image when things haven't been going so well at home. And he's underwater in his approval rating for the first time, or he hasn't been this this much below 50 before. Uh, you know, he's got more disapproving than approving, so he's got to be careful. He wants to play this role and continue to burnish his national and foreign credentials, but he's got to remember that people are also looking at how he runs the state. And then you have Ron DeSantis and other conservative foils of the governor poking fun at him for getting San Francisco cleaned up for this conference. How has the governor responded to that, or has he at all? Yeah, he has. It's interesting because uh, I don't know if you saw that clip or not, but last week when they had the news conference in San Francisco where you talked about uh, the cleanup campaign they've been running, you know, not just for this, but generally uh, here and around the state, He said at the beginning or at one point of that news conference, well, people are saying that we're just cleaning up San Francisco for all these fancy people who are coming. And that's true because, you know, because it's true. And he said, but what's also true is we've been doing this for months. We're doing this, that, and the other thing. Well, that first part (laughs) was taken out of context and used already by Republicans online to say, look, he's admitting that he's cleaning this up for for these foreign dignitaries and he can't get the job done when people aren't coming just for the people of San Francisco and really ripped into him for that. And the, the Newsom administration fired right back and said, 
you know, get your facts straight. We spent this much money and this much time working on this stuff. It had nothing to do with APEC. We've been doing this for a year or more. Um, and, you know, gave it back as good as they got it. But uh, again, I think those things, if you're inclined to like Ron DeSantis, you're going to laugh and say, ha ha, Gavin Newsom. If you don't like him, you're going to side with Gavin Newsom. So I don't know that that's going to move too many people. And again, remember, they're not running against each other for anything. <laughs> Gavin Newsom is out there being a very effective surrogate for Joe Biden. And at the moment, he's happy to play that role. Thank you very much, Doug. All right. We'll be back tomorrow uh, on the state of California. And of course, all this APEC stuff going on all week, comprehensive coverage on KCBS all week long. State of California is every weekday at 3.30 p.m. It's also available on the Odyssey app. And wherever you get your podcasts, you'll find me on Twitter, too, at Sovereign Nation. I'm Doug Sovereign, KCBS.